Hey guys, welcome to episode 91 of Bono's Health. I'm changing the name from Bono's Stuff. I think it's going to help get more people here that are going to benefit from it and SEO and all that good stuff. And if anyone has advice or thoughts about the change, please let me know. Uh, but let's jump into this episode, 91. I'm kind of, again, releasing these a little out of order for various reasons, but uh, got a few few backed up log jam. Uh, so we're getting this one out on a Friday here. And Sean LaFlock, uh, you, guys, you guys are going to enjoy this conversation. I know I did. Uh, I kind of found him online through uh, LMNT, which is a, a drink LMNT, an electrolyte powder that I work with. I, I sell that stuff. I love that stuff. I take at least one packet a day. I'm working to get a uh, link for that so you guys can try it. If you want to try it, send me a direct message and I'll get it out to you. We'll figure that one out. But I'm getting the, the link from those guys as well. Huge fan of it. And anyway, Sean was posting something about this. So I discovered him, I think, on YouTube. And I was like, this guy seems like he he has a great message. I'm definitely vibing with his energy. And then we jumped on and you're going to hear it. Uh, the song he chooses, if you didn't know, uh, when I get someone on and anyone who's going to be a future guest, I throw them the question, what song do you want on? And he chose Audio Slave, Like a Stone, which I am a huge fan of. I, I probably would be a song I would choose if somebody threw that question at me, uh, which was awesome. And from the beginning of the conversation, I uh, felt like, again, he was kind of a brother from another mother of a different, uh, you know, whatever, different state. He's over there in Florida. Uh, I'd love to keep rambling about our our kind of connection here, and I'm excited for hopefully a part two coming up soon. Um, we, we went into some really cool topics, including spirituality, which is something I'm always excited to to talk about. But yeah, just touching on health and fitness um, was, was a lot of fun with Sean. I hope you guys get a lot out of this. And uh, if you do, please like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, rating, review, all that good stuff. Uh, and just help us grow. We really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time. Enjoy the show. Possibly the song I would pick too. Audio well, Slave. There you go, man. We, yeah. Believe it or not, I think uh, I, I looked into this and the, the song is actually about death. It's actually about waiting for death. And it's, uh, it's a pretty amazing way to think about it. Um, and I think, like, in a lot of ways, we're, like, constantly dying and being reborn a little bit. So it's just, yeah. it just speaks to me. And as a matter of fact, when I proposed to my fiancé after we did, this song came on and I just went oh, to myself. So. I, I thought you were going to say you chose this song to propose to her. And I was like, <laughs> no, that just, would be a bold choice. Man, this entire album is probably one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, yeah, Audio I, Slave. It's amazing. I, I have it on, on very strong repeat, especially during my garage gym workouts and – uh yeah, anytime I get to choose the music at the gym, this, they're they're definitely high up there. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna lower that so we don't get sued by anyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm joined here, guys. Uh, if you're if you're tuning in, just kind of catching our conversation here by Sean Lefloc, uh, fitness fella. Uh, and it turns out we have we have a decent amount of uh, overlapping kind of commonalities that I didn't know about until I read your bio that you sent me over. Um, for anyone else joining in again, he is located in Boynton beach, Florida, which is never fun to say Boynton. Um, but it's got Bo in there, so that's all good. Hey. <laughs> so, uh, I recently found you actually because of your, your recent video about LMNT, uh, which I'm also a wholesale distributor or whatever the, the, the dealer we're dealers. Oh, very cool. We are salt dealers and, uh, you know, not drug dealers, but sort of kind of, uh, the, the, the future of healthy drug dealers or something like that. So, uh, <laughs> and he did a great podcast with the great Rob Wolf, uh, who, that I was listening to earlier today. And, uh, I'm a huge fan of Rob Wolf, been following him since the early, early days. Um, got to meet him a few times too. And I know you have, uh, so Scotty Hagnes, is he mm -hmm. a guy that, uh, works with you or, or what's the connection there? Yeah, so Scotty uh, was my coach uh, from almost the beginning as I was in the world of CrossFit. Uh, I think 2011, we started working together uh, as I came through the first ever uh, CrossFit Open. Mm. And then uh, did two, <clears throat> two years, obviously uh, made it to regionals the first two years that they actually did it. And then uh, all the athletes decided to show up, and that's when uh, my my uh, plans deviated a little bit. But I think I worked with him from for another three or four years. So I think five or six years total for Scott and I. And then we pivoted to you know uh, being 
you know, doing a podcast together. We had, I don't know, close to 300 episodes uh, yeah. under our belt. Um, you know, and, you know, and, and, uh, I think we've, we've, we've had it on hiatus for the beginning of this year. I have a lot of things going on business wise also with my kid and, um, you know, it was a little bit of a pivot, but I imagine at some point we might pick it back up. And I think it was just a good time for both of us because we had gotten through the pandemic, et cetera. And, you know, we, we still are in a really good relationship. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, for, for, again, to keep the introduction going, I think, uh, you know, when I, when I do this little podcast thing, I, I, uh, I like to find guys like you because I, I I think there's this like kind of I'll call it a, the one percent, uh, and we're not talking about the the uber wealthy. We're talking about the fitness redefiners, and that's kind of my my TED talk, my running theme uh, of my mission is trying to redefine fitness. And uh, guys like Sean here are are doing that I think on a daily basis through their posts, through the work that they're doing with clients on a daily basis. And again, I'm excited to dive into a lot of the things that again we these topics that I've been covering. Um, and it sounds like, again, we, we got a lot in common and I'm excited to have that, including the CrossFit space that I've been a part of for a long time as well. It sounds like we probably got in around the same time around 2010. Is that about when yeah, you, yeah, I think I started doing it. Uh, I think my, my level one might've been in 2010, mm-hmm. my original level one. Um, and yeah. then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, probably right around that. Yeah, yeah. Mine, mine, I think it was August, 2010. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. I think I did mine in like April, I want to say, or something like that at uh, Virtuosity in yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah awesome. I yeah. They, they were doing some there. I think I uh, actually bought I did my was, level two. I did my level two there, actually. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It's Ironically, a sick gym. Yeah. Yeah. Sick gym. yeah. Uh, I don't think it exists anymore or some, some they've changed uh, over different things. But yeah. For those not familiar, uh, we'll move on from that topic. <laughs> but uh, the other, the other interesting commonalities that I noticed is you have uh, Stony Brook University. So I have, uh, I didn't go there myself, but I had a lot of ties there. I got my first speeding ticket driving to Stony Brook, a freshman year of college from Staten Island. Uh, that was fun. I think I was doing ninety four and a fifty five. Uh, and <laughs> it must have been on Nichols. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know. It's all Long, it's Island. all Long Island's all the same to me. I don't know. Ex- exit <laughs> like ninety four or something. Oh, there you go. I see your way out there. Yeah. Something like that. And uh, yeah, but I, uh, the high school I went to, Brooklyn Tech, was a little bit of like a feeder system towards Stony Brook. So. Uh, and I played football for Wagner College for a year. So oh, nice. I did okay. have some overlap of, of uh, football there as well with Stony Brook. And yeah, I can I can name a bunch of fellas I know that uh, graduated from Stony Brook, played football there. You played lacrosse there, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, and then, mm-hmm. Yeah, I played uh, four years of lacrosse there for the wow. uh, first two years for Lars Tiffany and then the second two years for uh, Rick Soul. Nice, nice. Um, and then the other connection we have, and it sounds like we might have been there around the same time, was the Hospital for Special Surgery on the Upper East Side of New York City. You were there around 2008, 9, 10? Was that when? Yeah. So I think I started there in the summer of 08. That's when I graduated undergrad. And then I spent 09 and then um, moved down to Florida in July, end of July of 2010. So probably, you know, a good two solid years there. Uh, yeah, so it literally we literally might have crossed paths in the cafeteria or something there because oh uh, for sure I I, got, I graduated uh, with my doctor in physical therapy May I want to say May of two thousand eight and then I, my first job was a three month because I had done uh, some work there as a student one of my affiliations for six weeks and then they had an offering I stayed in touch with my uh, clinical instructor and they had a three month temporary uh, maternity leave coverage position. So I, I, I think I worked pretty much as a temporary physical therapist there for three months. Uh, yeah. So, so on and, the first, on the first floor there, right next to the cafeteria. Uh, it was on, no, I was in, in acute inpatient. Uh, okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I was up on the, in the, you know, cause I know they have the PT on the first floor yep. there. Yeah. 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 So I've been by there a lot, but no, I was, I was on the floors, uh, seeing everyone getting them walking after their total knee replacements and total yep. hip replacements, things like that. So, uh, yeah. So very cool about our connections. And then the funny thing is again, all these years later, uh, it sounds like we're talking the same language. So the name of your podcast was the fitness, wellness, and longevity podcast. And those are all words that I, I struggle to figure out how to include into my own brand. And, and again, I feel like they've all kind of, uh, I, I hesitate to even use them, uh, especially having moved here to Colorado, cause they have a lot of interesting, um, connotations <laughs> that folks run with when they hear wellness. Uh, they go to things that I don't necessarily agree with in some capacity. So, uh, I've shied away from diving too much into any of those words, but I'd love to hear, uh, maybe, and again, we have the CrossFit overlap. So I don't know if your definition of fitness, uh, it's something I've, I've asked a lot of my guests here and I'd love to hear kind of, we'll take all three of those one at a time. 
and uh, not to put you too much on the spot, but how, how, how do you define fitness? Is it along the CrossFit methodology or, or do you have a little bit of a different take on it? So I think it's constantly evolving. And as I, I learn who I am and, and where I am in my life, that, that definitely changes. So um, I was not fit for being a dad. Right. So, um, you know, let's say five years ago, mm. I was really fit for the sport of fitness, right. <laughs> but I wasn't fit for life. Like I, I had no idea how to care for another human being, how to balance myself. So I wasn't fit. So I think one of the most important things that we have to assess is what is my overall goal and what not necessarily overall goal, but what are the demands of life given me? Mm -hmm. Right. So if, if I define fitness as my ability to run fast, lift heavy, broad times, motor modal domains, and I'm spending a majority of my time of fitness for that, then I, and all of a sudden I have a kid, then my, the, the, the ability for me to accomplish the task is incomplete. So I actually need to open up my ideas of fitness. And that's where um, you know, my evolution of fitness has continued to evolve, which is incorporating um, your personal identity and where you're allocating your energy and your time. Yeah. And I see a lot of people that I work with specifically because I work with ageless athletes. So we're, we're talking about the professional high performer, um, you know, who has these goals oriented kind of things. And I am there to kind of be the mirror, ask questions. <laughs> and uh, guide them toward uh, eventually what I think that they actually want versus mm. what they think they want. And those mm. are two uh, separate things because the person who shows up wanting that thing is actually the same person that's preventing you from getting that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that answer. Definitely jives again with, I feel like, again, it's uh, you know, whatever we call this a soul brother or, or <laughs> uh, whatever, especially you started with the audio slave. I'm, I'm feeling the vibes. For sure. but, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like uh, you're just going to echo a lot of the, the things I've been saying on this. And this is, I think our my 91st uh, episode. So I'm going to try to catch you guys and maybe uh, <laughs> while, while you're on hiatus, I got, I got 200 or so episodes to catch up. <laughs> um, you know, and again, that's the funny part of de defining fitness, right? Is, is, oh, you made 300 episodes of podcasts. Like I got it. That's how I define my fitness is I got to have 300 episodes. <laughs> and when I have 301, I'll have beaten you in the world. Well, that's, that's a great point though, Bo, is that, um, I think our, 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 uh, ability to define what our fitness is, is always, do, uh, from comparison. Mm -hmm. right? Like that's the first thing that people do. And especially in the world of CrossFit is like, oh, okay, so I can do a squat now. Great. And then you look at the board and you go, oh, that person did a squat with 300 pounds on their back. I have to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, uh, in terms of joy, um, comparison is the comparison enemy of, is the, th the thief of joy. There you go. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that being said, it's also going to get you off your, your couch and start you moving. So there's no, um, you know, there's no good or bad. It's just a tool. And what are you using that tool for? Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. And uh, the other uh, definition that that kind of jives with is I think Kelly Starrett usually goes to defers to the um, definition of, you know, fitness is how productive of a member of society are you? Um, and again, if your role is to be a father, like you said, I mean, it's great to be able to run and carry your child and God forbid something happens and you gotta, you know, that's always the, been the CrossFit thing is like, Oh, somebody's there's a car accident and you got to run over and carry a body over it like that extreme. But, uh, yeah, then, then again, I think that's where, again, CrossFit lost a lot of its way of talking about general physical preparedness. So, and, and I've heard you talk about that concept of GPP a lot. So, uh, moving over to wellness though, uh, cause we could dive, we can keep going on, on, uh, pontificating on fitness, I think for a while, but wellness, mm -hmm. how do you define that? Why is that a separate word than fitness in your, uh, kind of brand? So uh, fitness is, is, you know, the emphasis there is definitely um, task oriented in terms of the physical world. Um, wellness, I think, starts to incorporate some of the uh, nutritional aspects of of health. Uh, so, you know, uh, how your body actually is able to perform and acclimate to stress. And I think that's one of the things that is a huge, huge um you know, uh, topic of, of creating different levels of stress that your body has to respond to. So like, you know, you look at, listen to the Andrew Huberman podcast, you, you hear all these different types of, of scientists coming out and being like, cold baths are great, heat shock proteins, yada, yada, yada. All these things, you're looking at such a small micro scale 
that, yeah, like that one variable could potentially change all these things, but you're looking at this in a complex of thousands and thousands of variables. And the overarching thing that you need to be able to take care of is the three foundational components of your wellness, which are nutrition, stress management. And, you know, I think in, in some ways, you know, the best way of describing it is just rest, restorative work and sleep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so those are the components that I break up into wellness, sleep, stress management, and mm -hmm. nutrition. Yeah. And again, that completely lines up. I have my five pillars of health. Uh, the first one is movement. So that's kind of the fitness side of it. Yep. The next two physical ones are the nutrition, again, what you're putting into your body and kind of that recovery is, is the, the category I call it for the third one of, uh, you know, again, the ability to rest and recovering. And that to me does include stress management for sure. So, uh, and then the other two being, and we're going to talk about mindset and mindfulness uh, and connection being the fifth one that I think gets uh, often overlooked, but that's, that's definitely a great uh, way to connect that wellness piece. And then the third word, there's the longevity. Um, and that's going to take us into the ages, ageless athlete that you mentioned already. Um, and so would love to hear, uh, kind of your definition of aging. And, and it sounds like, again, we might've read a lot of the same books in some capacity. So I don't know if you're, I've done David Sinclair's book and things like that. If you're, you've gotten into his podcast that Andrew Huberman, I guess, started that network of podcasts and he actually had David Sinclair. If, if anyone's not familiar, his book is, um, why we age and why we don't have to. Um, so that, that's really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Tia is also another mm -hmm. reference that I've, 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 you know, kind of gone with before i also have uh interviewed on my pa uh, podcast some of the guys from prolon in terms of uh f fasting mimicking diets and longevity mm -hmm. in that sense so i mean right now my, my idea of longevity is um and, and i picked this up from the guys from from prolon is is more of uh instead of lifespan it's it's more of like quality span like mm -hmm. what you know there's a a story that uh, Laird Hamilton talked about on Joe Rogan's podcast of an 85 year old guy a week before he died, he was jumping out of a helicopter doing, right. you know, uh, uh, you know, skiing in the back backcountry skiing. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's the idea. It's right. like, you're going to, you're just going to not wake up one day. <laughs> um, so, but, but longevity um, it, it, to me in terms of, okay, great. You want to live forever or you want to be able to form forever. What the hell does that mean for you? What are those, what are the things that are going to guide you along the way? What are the rails that are going to keep you on that path? And that's something that's important as a coach to identify what those things are. And as your life evolves, you go from, let's say, being an athlete to now you're business and family oriented. Then your kids graduate from, from high school and now you're alone again. You know what I mean? What's your relationships like? What's your relationship to yourself? What's your interpersonal relationships? And that's where I think a lot of what you just said, which is, uh, you know, building a sense of community and then ideally uh, continuing to evolve your sense of self along the way, because I think the biggest thing that is going to take years off your life is not having a sense of purpose or direction. Um, I think that uh, that has been very, very uh, prevalent in the last two years when you look at aging populations in these isolated settings who just don't do well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and I think that's uh, something that's just not part of our innate nature in a lot of ways. And partly because um, I don't think we're in Western society equipped to be alone for that long. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that goes back to, again, Rob Wolf, who we talked about early on, uh, you know, his paleo primal talked about all that, but uh, really understanding the the way our genetics are wired to uh, have had thousands and thousands and of years and generations <laughs> of, of, again, being in those tribes and, and how that uh, certainly affects our physiology. And we tend to neglect that concept. And again, it's been very interesting. One of the studies I saw that came out with the, the lockdowns with COVID was every day of loneliness was equivalent to smoking a pack of cigarettes in terms of the negative physiological effects. And again, like you can soundbite that or whatever, but, but yeah, there's definitely a lot there. So um, so that's kind of the, the longevity piece. Um, and again, in terms of ageless athlete um, and fit for life, I think these are terms that, that I think a lot of folks have probably heard. But um, how, how do you incorporate that into your, your work, your, your work with clients? Like, and again, I want to highlight something you said of like people come in thinking they want one thing <laughs> and, you're, and it's, you, you seem like you want to 
slowly guide them to the right answer maybe and maybe the combination of what they want versus what you think they need um and, and that's not a judgment in there if it sounds like it because I, again i think uh, we are aligned very much in what that is <laughs> you know that 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 continues to evolve for me because uh you know i only know what i know and i know from this meat suit that i wear and the <laughs> eyes that i see through of what i think is the right thing but realistically everything is exactly as it should be mm. and that's something that uh you know more recently, I'm starting to appreciate that like there's a part of me that loves the challenge and loves to the pursuit of change and getting better. But again, like that's a uh, part of me that eventually will have to be reconciled in order for me to actually become complete. Because if I identify myself as someone who's challenged and needs to continue to change, then I'm going to need to continue to change and I'm never going to get there, right? There is no destination. So as I look at some of the clients that I work with and, and continue to work with, I, I'm much more accepting of where they're at. And I always know that underlying whatever they're doing, there's a sense of, I'm not supposed to be like this. Mm. And, and, and I see that because I feel that in myself. And I think the, the, the thing that I'm starting to work on more and more is this, oh, you're there already. Like the right. thing you, the reason why you don't have what you, what you want is because, or you can't get what you want is because you already have it. Mm. Right? Yeah. And yeah, no, I like Go that. Ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I put my, um, Unilome symbol up next to your head in the video <laughs> and that's the tattoo I have, uh, Oh, uh, very cool. You kind of said there is no destination. Again, and this is a Buddhist symbol uh, and it's been, uh, thrown around a few different religions called the Unilome and the top point is the kind of destination which again most of us will never reach of enlightenment so this is the path to enlightenment and like you're saying it's a journey uh and and that i got it on my arm because i want to have that kind of daily reminder of like we're like you said you know it's not we, most people do not reach enlightenment or whatever that thing is um and whether or not you can change again what that goal is uh, but again, it's understanding you're going to be on different aspects of that throughout your life. So uh, you're going to slide again, like on a, what is it? Shoots and ladders, you're going to slide up the board and then you go, <laughs> you slide back down and, and go back a few spots uh, day in and day out. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, some people call this like, uh, you know, you descend or, or sorry, uh, mm. life is kind of cyclical. But the, yes. the way that I see it also is that it's less of a, a cyclical thing, more of a spiral, whether it's downward, inward, and or mm -hmm. upward ascending. Right. Because the idea is that every time you come around, you have a new layer of awareness mm -hmm. experience, right. right? So like if you're that person, man, why do I always get hurt? It's because that lesson still hasn't taken hold yet. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like I hurt my back so many times. Why do I keep hurting my back? Well, because, uh, you know, life is giving you exactly what you need you haven't learned this lesson yet something is there it's time for you to maybe peel back the layers or in in our case work with somebody who can show you the mirror and be like hey man what you think you want isn't lining up with what you're doing or what you're you're thinking right yeah and again the beginning of that uh symbol is a, is a big old spiral there uh <laughs> so that's that's like you said it's it, it is kind of always revolving and i actually had it as a water uh i had my artist make it more of a water symbol because i have a lot of water connections but it, that fluidity of life so yeah I no imagine I, you're probably you're probably also an aquarius i imagine no i'm not oh, okay um, all right that would be too creepy because i'm as well oh okay <laughs> no i don't i i <laughs> Not that I believe in astrology. Uh, right, right. That that reminds me of a funny recent uh, meme or whatever I saw. The girl asked the guy, like, "Oh, what sign are you?" And he's like, "Dinosaur." And she's like, "That's that's not one of the signs." She's like, "That dinosaur is not a real sign." He says, "None of them are real, honey." Um, so not to offend anybody who's, who's astrological, but I assume they're not my uh, base listenership anyway. Um, so moving on from the ageless athlete, you threw out the word um, in in our response here of biohacking. Um, and so I'd love to know if that's something, you know, what does that mean to you? And again, that term's gotten so much yeah. stuff around it, but let, yeah, see if we can narrow that down. Yeah. So, uh, I, I just use that because it's just some people, a lot of people kind of understand what that is. And, um, to me, it's just looking under the hood and, uh, there's, there's definitely layers to it. Uh, I, I knew about some of the things that I had, uh, personally, um, many years ago, but I didn't have the, uh, financial, in, uh, ability to to dig down the rabbit hole so i held off and i i worked on tertiary stuff as much as i could sleep um you know low-hanging fruit that was affordable sleep mm -hmm. food 
you know, quality foods, uh, maybe some intermittent fasting, et cetera. I think those, those are technically biohacking things because you're changing your physiology through, uh, sleep and, uh, you know, stress management and, 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 and also diet. So like that would be, you know, a, a very, very conservative ways of, of changing the way your bo body's biology works. And, uh, deep down inside, you're actually changing the, the, you know, the translation and transcription of your DNA. Uh, and then from there we can look at hormone hormones, um, you know, basic blood work, that kind of stuff, uh, how your lipids look, you know, comprehensive blood panels. Um, then from there you can look at your gut. Um, that's, that's the big one that's coming around now. We're, we're learning more and more about that. But then I think that goes into a cycle between the gut and the brain because you can't separate the two. Um, so like if your your thinking is your thinking affects your gut and your gut affects your thinking. So we, we you know I've I've done gone down the rabbit hole there. And then uh, the most recent one that I've kind of dived headfirst into uh, is heavy metal toxicity. Mm -hmm. And uh, that one to me is like holy shit. Might this might <laughs> be the the uh, next level of like all right when I peel back mm -hmm. this onion, it's really giving me some. Uh, some benefit. So that's, that's the other one. And again, like anybody who's looking into biohacking, the biggest thing is like, don't get into it. If you're not willing to go down the rabbit hole, because once you know, you can't unknow. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And, and I think also you throw out the term functional medicine. Um, and we're just hitting on all the fun terms today. Uh, is, do you refer out for that? Is that something you're incorporating into your coaching? And as a, as a quick aside and plug for recent episode, I actually had uh, two functional medicines, husband and wife team uh, that work out of downtown Miami, Miami Beach there, I think, uh, that I, I've known for quite a long time. They, they were on a recent episode. Uh, I'd love to connect you guys if you don't already have, a, I assume, it sounds like you have a good network of folks you're working with, but uh, would love to connect you with them. You Again, based on how things have been going, I wouldn't be surprised if you're like best friends with them. Um. <laughs> <laughs> or, or at least maybe I, I've, I've come across them. So yeah. for me, my, my first level of, uh, of hormone stuff is R3 Health. Uh, Joe Radich, he's a PA who has some background in functional medicine and um, you know, age restoration is where you're making most of your money because that's what people gets people in the door. But then again, just like us, it's like, okay, cool. That's what you want, but maybe you need some of this, uh, proper supplementation, you know, some, some lifestyle and dietary adjustments based upon the person's, uh, you know, buy-in the other big uh, resource that I have for, for gut health and, uh, and all things, you know, functional medicine wise is Dr. Peter Kozlowski. He's out yeah. of, I want to say Chicago and then also out of, um, Montana, Bozeman. Uh, so he does mm -hmm. telehealth and, uh, he's phenomenal. Unfunk your gut is, is, is his kind of, uh, his thing. Uh, but he's actually, I think writing right now, a, uh, book on heavy metal, uh, toxicity and detoxing from that. So, um, you, you know, I definitely outsource once I, I, I can do dietary and, uh, some lifestyle stuff. And I get into things like meditation and mindfulness and peeling back layers and, and coaching right. in that sense. But once a person maxes out their ability or we find that there's some underlying funky shit going on, mm -hmm. at the very least, go see your, your healthcare practitioner to get um, some, some baseline blood work and that kind of stuff. But then from there, um, if, they're, if they don't have the capacity to, to get the testing and uh, put together the pieces, then I, allocate, then I outsource uh, from there. Yeah, and unfortunately, most conventional docs do not. <laughs> and we'll, I'm happy yeah. to throw that, that statement out there and uh, deal with the consequences <laughs> to some extent. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and that's actually something because obviously I, I, I listen to your podcast and um, I know that, uh, you know, there's some, you know, some, some stuff grinds your gears in terms of <laughs> conventional medicine and the approaches bit, for phys bit. physical therapy and, and that kind of thing. And you know what? I, I, I have much more of a neutral ap approach to a lot of these things now because at the end of the day, if those didn't exist, we wouldn't have a job, right? Because if they were doing it the right way, then then we they would never see us, right? So right. I just take it as an opportunity. Now, that being said, could everything be better? But it, I, think, I think there's a reason why things end up being the way they are. And then there are, are those like us who, quote unquote, are fighting the, the, the fight the to fight. <laughs> change yeah. things. But I don't see it that way anymore. I, I see it as like I get to work with people who want to work with me. Right. I'm not going to be changing minds or I, I don't need to. You know what right. I mean? So um, I'm much more accepting now. That being said, there were there was times where I was like, the system sucks. Everyone sucks. <laughs> Why does this you know person who shows off their abs or their butt gets millions of followers and this and that? But I'm like, even if I had all that, then what? 
then I'm going to ascend and I, I get to the bottom of your tattoo. <laughs> like that doesn't happen. And, and, and that's, yeah. Right. And then that's, that's also <laughs> another pursuit that egoically and personally I had to deal with because that then prevents me from helping people because yeah. I think I need to be somewhere else. For sure. For sure. No, it's uh Again, we're getting into the Buddhist almost mindset of everything is exactly where it should be. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and that's the battle, too. And that's something within physical therapy. And I just recorded another podcast for uh, Jason Leenarts of Revolutionary You, which uh, is a four part series we recorded over four weeks. Uh, that took some commitment. But uh, <laughs> the wow. uh, but yeah, the, this morning we really like he he kind of um, op- let, let me rip on all the things I see wrong with the professions and possible things we could be changing. And and again, it is that question that I continue to battle with. And again, maybe you are more evolved than me. And, and, and again, no judgments around that. That's OK. But of again, that's the battle I have as a, as a doctor of physical therapy and having been involved in the American Physical Therapy Association and seeing what we do as a profession, is there the avenue to improve and challenge? Because uh, I do see little bits, like we talk about this 1% of folks pushing the thing in the right, what seems to be the right direction. And is it a matter of, hey, like calling people to arms? And again, this is a smaller revolution of things and you know there's bigger fish to fry whether it's you know racial equality or or trans rights or things like that but it's it's really an interesting avenue that i've been battling with of uh do i have a role like you're saying should i just and and, that, and that's literally the 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 conversations i've had within those who are trying to get me to be more involved in the physical therapy advocacy of me saying like i'm just going to do what i do and i'm going to help the person in front of me and that's how i'm going to change again the, be the be the change you want to see in the world kind of thing versus like you're saying, you know, I don't, I don't care if I don't reach 10 million people and, and, you know, knees over toes guy who's, who's, you know, super popular now, or if you've seen move you and they, again, they're putting, like you said, uh, you know, uh, they're literally putting vaginas in your face now. Um, <laughs> if, if you've seen some of their recent posts and not to call them out, but yeah, they, they grab a lot of attention. And, and, um, again, is it moving things in a slightly better direction? I don't know, but yeah, uh, you've opened up a, a quite a can of, <laughs> interesting uh introspection for me as well there that um I, I definitely will acknowledge i'm still battling with and again i i want to be as zen as you one day <laughs> uh you know i'm not i'm not i I'm, I'm a regular person you know what i mean like we all we only see what you see you know we don't you don't see what's going on in my mind because those things don't go through my head man this sucks. and that's the thing that i i was always very challenged with as a coach was man, I think this way and I shouldn't think this way. Mm. And that's such a denial of being a human being, right? right? Like, give me some defining characteristics of a human being. We're greedy. We're selfish. We're angry. We have rage. We're sad. And then I go, okay, cool. I want to not have all of those things. And I want to only be happy or like, you know, in flow. That's not how it works. You know what I mean? Like everything in nature works as it should. And it's it's a pretty much a slap in the face to, to nature to be like, oh, no, no, I got this better than you, right? Like you don't have to think about your heart beating. You don't have to think about the molecular processes of your brain. You don't think I have to think about digestion. But all of a sudden we step in when we don't want this emotion or we don't want this thought and go, I got it from here. And that's kind of where the shift is for me because as I start to kind of like really allow that stuff to be there it gets me more present and then as i'm more present i can show up for my clients my family in ways that i never would be able to because i'm always looking at the world through the lens of all that shit that's going on instead of for what it is which is infinite possibility right there's nothing that stops you personally right now from being the world's greatest physical therapist other than you're addicted to the story that you've been telling yourself that you need to fight against the system yada 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 there's so many people that we 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 constantly see on an everyday basis that live their absolute highest like calling and truth and people just flock to them it, it you know what i mean like there's there's just like people here's a perfect example if you go to youtube right now and you google um or excuse me if you search for um uh there there's a guy who goes to the woods and builds huts and brick stuff and like, it, literally, he's an ancestral guy. He's been doing this for a decade. He has, there's no uh, uh, dialogue to it. It's him just building mm. shit in the woods. 10.5 million subscribers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 10.5 million subscribers. Just to give you an idea for reference, some of the biggest YouTubers, you know, who, who have channels, 
um, you know, uh, have like maybe five to six. So you're right. talking about a guy who is like, you know what I like to do? I like to build shit in the woods and I'm going <laughs> to film it and put it on, on, on YouTube and let's see what happens. And 10.5 million people decided to subscribe to this channel because hmm. it's a guy who's just loving what he does. So my goal is no longer to necessarily like, like convince people of X, Y, and Z. I'm the lighthouse. I'm hmm. I'm not getting into the lifeboats anymore and trying to convince people to come to shore. Ooh. If I'm the lighthouse and I'm just like that beacon, people who are going to show up, show up and I'm going to continue to evolve and I'm going to continue to try and change the people that are, are nearest to me and, you know, see everybody where they're at. And, you know, that's kind of where I'm at now. That being said, in a week, I might go burn it all down. <laughs> <laughs> No, I love that analogy. Be the lighthouse. Primitive, the... primitive technology, I believe, what he's called. So uh, mm. I got to give him a shout out, and I never miss a video. This guy's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I've and never he heard what even, his voice sounds like. Right, but... he doesn't even talk. Uh, that's funny. I mean, I have um, again another one of my recent podcast guests that I connected with. Uh, he's doing something similar. He he decided to do a two year experiment to go live in a turt, a tent yurt uh, up oh, in Maine. I didn't know uh, they had those. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he built it himself, but it's just, you know, so he had a little bit of survival mechanisms and a little more safety and a little bit more comfort between the, you know, complete bare bones of a yurt uh, and maybe making it a little bit more uh, functional, I guess. So, but anyway, he, he he's, I think, done something similar. So I wonder either he's probably heard of him, this primitive technology guy or, uh, but yeah, it sounds like he's, uh, there might be some interesting overlap. So I'm definitely excited to connect those guys. For sure. And, and, and the other thing is that like, that's that guy's highest calling. If showing mm. your butthole on Instagram <laughs> brings you like closer to your higher self, or like you really have fun doing that, like great. But like, if you're doing it because you want to get people like you, then, you know, maybe that's not the best thing for you. Like, it's right. just going to kind of instigate the things that are perpetuating through your mind, which is I'm identified by the idea that people like me or think of me in a certain way. And I know I, I look at like, you know, social media in this sense, but it's we, we do it in an everyday day basis with people around mm -hmm. us, even our, our closest people who love us. Eventually, they're going to leave us, whether we leave them or they leave us. And at the end of the day or at the end of our lives, we are who we are and we're alone. And if you're not okay with the person that you look at in the mirror and you're not working on that person on a regular basis, you know, and getting really in touch with who, who that person is, then you're constantly uh, fighting against these phantoms that your mind creates and you're getting further and further away from kind of like coming home, as I say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of powerful stuff there. And again, it seems, it sounds like a lot of parallels of the kind of Buddhist principle that I think I understood a long time ago of desire leads to suffering and so the the goal is to minimize desire and that desire might be like it doesn't matter if i post this thing and i don't get a million views like you're saying so um it's it's funny because that that resonates with me because then my goal was or then my my suffering was oh i have to not desire yeah right, right. so it's like it's, okay now i'm desiring not to desire and then again <laughs> you go, you get caught in the 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 you know that that endless loop but like the thing that i have found for me personally, because I know uh, I have very close friends who've done uh, plant medicines and and done retreats and all that kind of stuff. Uh, for me personally, uh, med meditation is is my my go to. Mm -hmm. uh, when I get to a flow of like a good hour to two hours of meditation and things just dissolve around me, there are times where like your breath feels like heaven, like yeah. every breath in and out is is amazing. And then all of a sudden, the mind comes in and goes. Ooh, this feels good. How do we do this forever? And then you mm. go, that's it. It's gone. Like once yep, you realize yep. that you're <laughs> once you, it's not enough for our mind to realize to, to just be happy. We have to know that we're happy. But once yep. you know that you're happy, your mind is now in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, you, right. Have, have you ever done like a, a really challenging workout and you're done with it and you're like, I don't even know what just happened. You kind of yep. have that like old school <laughs> moment with like, uh, 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 Will Ferrell, uh, Will Ferrell where he's yeah. like, I don't know what happened. I blacked out. Like I blacked that, out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually more close to living than you analyzing your first kiss. Right. You know what I mean? Um, people always ask like, I, oh, man, I wonder what kids are thinking of when they're like two or three years old. The thing is, they're not. They're literally mm -hmm. in the moment right there. They're looking at that block and it's they're there, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden, obviously, they, they grow this ability to be that like they can look at themselves as they do things. And that's kind of like the separation of of the the witness versus the person who's doing it. 
And then I think the entire time after that, once we created this ego, is to kind of dissolve that again and be able to kind of come home and, and, and be whole once again. Yeah, I didn't expect all these tangents were going on, but I love it. Uh, I was like, we're just going to talk about exercise and intensity and LMNT and salt and you know, you know what? And, and, and this is how I pull everything back, though, Bo, is all of those things, fitness, wellness, longevity. If your body is working optimally, it works a lot easier. If you're underslept, if you're stressed out, if you're eating like dog shit, if your electrolytes are constantly imbalanced, if you're hormonally damaged – all, all of this mindfulness stuff, you're going against a, a like an absolute dragon, a dinosaur, because your body's not working the way it should. Mm. You can have all the mindfulness in the world, but if, you're, if your temple isn't working as it should, it's really, really challenging. And I know from personal experience, once I had my son, my complete hormones were crashed. Everything was destroyed from you know stress and that lack of sleep. Once I got on TRT, I, I felt like a new person. And I'm not talking about like super, you know, super physiological levels. We're talking mm. about very th therapeutic doses. It just made everything easier. Yeah. Now, how long am I going to leverage this for? I'm not sure. Maybe forever, maybe temporarily. But like right now, I'm looking where I'm at and it's giving me exactly what I need in order mm. for me to, like we said in the beginning, it, it addresses my fitness. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. That's great. Um, yeah, and we talk about mindfulness and self-improvement as one of the kind of three things you're, you wanted to talk about and you're excited about. So we kind of touched on that, but um, outside of the, the uh, heavenly breaths that you mentioned, <laughs> uh, again, we'd love to hear what, what again, for, I think for a lot of folks, uh, there's like the Calm app. I know my wife does a 10 minute meditation every morning, um, that kind of thing. I find that my own practice of that has been within fitness. And, mm. and you know, I try to have that intentionality with, doing a kettlebell swing or something like that, where if you can tap that in, like that's, that to me becomes the, the cheating mechanism, the biohack, if you will, to getting better mental clarity, uh, physiologically as well of, uh, you know, I, I don't have the patience right now because I'm still trying to grow my business and provide for my family and all the stress that comes around that. And I have a very, uh, not, I don't want to call it ADD or ADHD type mind, but you know, it, it helps me to distract myself in that regard. So for me, just doing some crocodile breathing or really deep belly breathing and counting those breaths and just focusing on that task, like you're saying, that's being in the moment. So, and to me, that's the, what mindfulness or meditation is trying to get you to do. Um, and that is, seems like maybe the, the more advanced level for what I'm talking about. And, and for most people, Again, I'd love to understand how maybe you um, introduce this to clients or all these higher level kind of concepts that we're talking about here. Uh, is it something that you're trying to get every single person you work with to understand and get to? Is there like a, a, a progressive overload of mindfulness, <laughs> if you will? It's a great question. And uh, no, uh, realistically, <laughs> it, it, as soon as as soon as mindfulness or uh, uh, self-improvement becomes a goal, mm. it's gone. It's mm. lost because now you've created someone who's okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's the ego showing up and trying to fix the ego. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It's like the guy who comes up on stage and is like, listen, I got, uh, I listen to me. I, I'll fix everything. And then someone comes along, and pushes him out of the way. Like, oh, that guy's crazy. I can't believe it. <laughs> I've got the answer, guys. You got to listen to me. Mm -hmm. And then another guy comes along. That's what we try to do to like improve ourselves. Right. And like you said, there's so many different ways to become present and just be in the moment and then just listen to like, listen to what nature and our body actually want us to do. And usually it's not like, oh man, I've got to write 16 blog posts by the end of the day. It might be like, you know what? I want to call one of my friends or maybe I just want to write about this topic and I just want to have fun. And usually those things that you're passionate about, those are the things that end up being like the most like resonating things that you do. Like that sparked like, you know, for, for, for me and I know probably for you, the reason why you got into helping people is because you had some intrinsic feel of like, man, like this feels good to do this. It's fun. And then we go, oh, let's like a look around at what everybody else is doing. And yeah. then we'll try to mimic that because they're successful. And then that becomes, that's how like the ego takes over. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like crocodile breathing, 
long walks and uh, unplugged are great because you're just there. Um, you know, for some people, high intensity workouts, they mm -hmm. force them to just be present. You're not right. thinking about the work that you have to do or that you just did. It's just being here. So it's, it's like, you know, find out what that thing is for you and do it on a regular basis, but, but treat it medicinally. And I think that's the thing that people OD with is like, man, if I don't exercise, I don't feel good. I'm like, well, maybe that's something to look at. Like maybe there mm -hmm. should be other things that you can, can look toward, um, you know, meaningful conversations, journaling, meditation, um, that, that give you some of that without having to beat your body down all the time. And that's right. something that I've had to actually had to do because I don't have the time to train like I used to. I have two hours total to train every week. Because I, because I take care of my son and I have work and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So like, that's a part of me that had to die, but you know, I've, I've doubled and tripled down on all the areas around, you know, you know, mm -hmm. my exercise, but really what that's shown is like, dude, exercising intensely for massive amounts of volume is so overrated to change yeah. your body composition or maintain your body composition. If you, you know, address your diet, everybody says abs are made in the kitchen <laughs> and then they go and work out for two hours. Like, right. why don't you listen to what you were saying? Eat right. Or, or are you, are you exercising so you can eat like dog shit? <laughs> <laughs> that's what most people do. Oh, I do that. That's, that's me. I'm like, okay. So right. at least you're aware of that. So, you yeah. know, I know that's a couple tangents there, but that's just kind of my perspective on it. So, totally. All right. Um, yeah. And you also said a, a, a keyword that triggered me awareness uh, and the awareness around that. I don't know if you've read this book. I just posted a book review of the book. It's called awareness. Uh, and it's by Anthony DeMello, who was a, a Jesuit priest that dove into, again, a lot of these other religions, including Buddhism and things like that. It was uh, actually recommended by Tim Ferriss. And I think uh, for anyone who's a fan of the four hours stuff that he's done, yeah. uh, he said, you know, one of the questions he asks a lot of his guests is what's the number one book you've gifted the most? And I think based on a lot of that, and he's interviewed some of the top performers in the world, and that's his whole thing is, uh, it led him to have a couple hundred copies of this book awareness, uh, in his house. So anyone who comes by, he's like, Hey, here's this, you know, free book. Um, and again, you guys can go get it for like 10 bucks on Amazon, I think yeah. right now, um, or go to your local bookstore, support those guys. I love um, that. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. speaking of which, um, you know, I think the, the, the book that really started me on the path of, of where I am now, I had a, a really bad back injury in 2000. 15, 16, like I was deadlifting and felt a pop and was, had to be carried out of the gym. And I've been in all types of pain in my life and, and, you know, worked through it, had my leg broken, feet broken, mm -hmm. shoulders, you know, whatever. I, I wrestled, I put across, I, I did football, the whole thing. I had to be carried out. And the first thing that happened once I hurt my back, I started crying and it wasn't because I was in pain. It was a thought came through my mind. Oh no, I'm not going to be able to train or mm. how am I going to be able to work when I need surgery? Mm -hmm. All that was like in a split second. I just, that was just overwhelming sensation of, Oh no. And right. that's kind of where that pain came from. And one of my good friends, Max Elhaj at the time directed mm. me to a book, um, the divided mind by Dr. John E. Sarno. You probably have come across it. Yes. He was a, uh, a surgeon in New York, a, a orthopedic spine surgeon mm -hmm, in New York. Mm -hmm. he, he, he was in practice until his nineties yeah. and basically told people your mind is making this up. It's psychosomatic. Mm -hmm. What? Like listen to this course and see how your pain is afterward. And, uh, for me personally, you know, my road led me to therapy and releasing a lot of that pain and be, you know, that kind of path as well, uh, because I had a lot of trauma that I was, had built up over time. And I've, I kind of created this identity to prevent me from feeling that pain. But that was also preventing me from having relationships. It was mm. preventing me from expanding career wise. Um, you know, I had rage. I'd had just had bouts of rage because it finally would boil over. Um, and, and I got to a point where I was like, man, like this is it. This is the crossroads for me. Mm. And it came from a back injury. So it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I wouldn't be who I am right now mm. had I not had that happen. So um, you know, I think that's something that is always a silver lining to people. I never say things are good or bad. It's kind of what you make of it. And I think that's our control in life is like, oh, you missed the red light or you hit a red light. Yeah, it's supposed to happen that way. Let's yeah. see the opportunity in this quote unquote hardship. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, his more famous book is The Mind-Body Prescription, uh, but mm -hmm. obviously he's got a few books that are pretty powerful, um, yep. definitely familiar with his work. And that's another thing, too. Now, you, you again, uh, about my own ego, I guess, to make it all selfishly about me. This is my podcast, goddammit. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> the the thing that comes up for me real quick, and I, again, I appreciate you sharing that that um, personal anecdote, but uh, is, again, back to the physical therapy thing. And this is where it comes back to, like, this is why I have run away from the insurance model. This is why I try to practice the way I do because there is much more that we can talk about here when somebody presents with low back pain, as much as I want to give them a crack and a little, you know, chiropractic adjustment, whatever we call it. Um, there's so much more. And again, there's that, these layers of, again, cool. Are you sleeping enough? Are you eating enough? All this low hanging fruit, but then this much deeper mindset, again, connection to, other humans and, and, and this, again, they call it the biopsychosocial model. So there is something biologically going on, but again, the psychology and the, the, the pain mechanisms. And if you go on physical therapy, Twitter, uh, you, you can see, you know, a couple hundred folks arguing about, oh yeah, no pain should be talked about this way. And if we, you know, if we snap our finger over here and distract the person, they don't know, they don't have back pain right now. Look, focus on the finger, focus on and like, and the, oh, you don't have any back pain. And then as soon as you stop, oh, the back pain's back. Like, but, and this is something that's going to be debated for a long time. But again, to me, this is where we need to have these conversations and share these anecdotes um, of, of going through these experiences. And like you said, uh, another book that reminded me of is The Gift of Injury. Uh, oh, wow. If, uh, and that was by um, uh, uh, Stuart McGill, Dr. Stuart McGill, who's one of the yeah. most yeah. Uh, renowned spine biomechanists in the world. And, and again, uh, you can argue about, you know, I've heard, again, all sorts of people argue about, is he right? Is he wrong? And he's one of the most studied folks in the world. And again, it's, at the end of the day, it's what can we, like you're saying, changing the mindset to more of what, what can we take away from this? Is there somewhere to apply this to, to my own thing? Not just, hey, you're wrong, I'm right. Um, and like you were saying, the guy in the, in the square who's like, this guy's over there talking, go ahead. I, I want to do that. Always. I want to be right so mm -hmm. that you're wrong, so that I can yeah. create this pedestal that I'm on that everybody else is not on. I mm -hmm. realize that in myself. Right. Where I'm practicing, and this is the, uh, I go back to Jules in Pulp Fiction, where he's got the gun <laughs> on on uh, Tim Roth. Yes. After he like, you know, he, he fast, you know, he was getting right. his wallet and he yep, puts the yep. gun on him and he gives him the little diatribe. You know, I've said that to like 100 and whatever guys right. before I killed them. Mm -hmm. He goes, and you are the whatever, and I am, and I'm trying, man. I'm yep. really trying to be the shepherd. Right. And that's right. what I see is that I want to be collaborative now. Yep. I want to hear you before I tell you what I have to say. Because yep. at the very least, I've learned something by shutting my mouth. Mm -hmm. I can't learn anything. Even if it's the wrong thing. Oh, I know that I've, I've affirmed what my belief is because your argument is nonsense. Right. I can't learn if I open my mouth. And I think I want to so badly. My ego wants <laughs> to be right and wants to tell you yeah. how wrong you are. Yeah. But like we have to, it happens in every interaction. It's an opportunity, every interaction that we have to do that. And if we're wondering like, hey man, how are we going to change the world? It's just literally one interaction at a time. Mm -hmm. You don't have to change the world. It's just this interaction and then the next interaction and the next interaction. And then that's it. And then, then it, it just feeds into the next one because now you're being successful. People are much nicer to you because you're being nicer to them. You know, it's a reflection of, of who you are on the inside. And as you grow in that way, you have more capacity to enjoy all the things of life. You can start laughing at the people on Move You and these guys <laughs> because like, hey, man, this is all fun. This is all a game. Yeah. We have a front row yeah. seat. And if, we're, if I'm spending my entire life being resentful and salty of people – because they don't see it the same way as I do. I'm like, damn, that's such a waste. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, I understand it. It's part of me, but at least I'm realizing it now. And I'm just trying to be a little, I'm probably trying to be 1% better each day. <laughs> my favorite, <laughs> my favorite saying ever. Um, two things that I wanted to, to dive into off of that is one, I I'll share my own personal anecdote is um, that what you just described has been one of the biggest game changers in my marriage. Uh, oh, wow. and, and dealing with any kind of conflict, but it took a friend of mine who's, uh, been through two marriages, twice divorced and, uh, uh, and him going through a lot of learning and things like that. And again, having the openness and awareness to say, Hey, uh, what, you know, this is what I'm going through. Uh, you know, I'm, I want to receive what you're saying. Like, and, and so his, 
advice to me was something I've heard probably hundreds of times before. And like a lot of coaching cues as well, you know, back on your heels or whatever the, the physical cue is, uh, it might not click until it does. And so this, this was a very powerful timing thing too, where again, hopefully this reaches somebody who's, who's at a point in their life where, uh, maybe this, some, some of the things we're talking about here helps click or move you in the right direction that maybe whether there is a right direction or not. Um, but yeah. <laughs> the, 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 that, or it's of, all the right direction or it's all the right direction. There you go. <laughs> but, but that's where, and then it's funny too, cause now you got me reflecting as, as my brain's jumping around to, before I finish that, that other thought I'll come back to yeah. as I tell stories, this very, uh, centripetous way is, uh, the other podcast I, I started with my buddy in New York, who's a personal trainer is the demand better podcast. Mm -hmm. And so that's the question is, should we demand better from other people? Should we demand better from ourselves or should we just like you're saying, leave it alone and just bring attention to the fact that, you know, this is what happens. This is what exists. Um, and I call this podcast Bono Stuff because I want to know more stuff and I know enough that I don't know very much. Um, and the things I do know, I have to keep questioning. And so to finish that, um, what's helped my marriage to finish that thought as we jump around is, uh, again, the fact that it's not about you. And, and again, it's, no matter if I make it about myself and this is it, it's another question and, and that's the ego that you're talking about. And it's mm -hmm. like, uh, Hey, I didn't like, again, I'll, this is not necessarily an example that happened. I always put the toilet seat down. God damn it. But, uh, you know, if the argument is like, why didn't you put the toilet seat down and you say, well, I was distracted and like, and it's your fault that I didn't put the, and you know, you get into this back and forth versus like, Oh, like, let me hear you. Like you're saying, and let me understand why this is upsetting you. And like, I'm just, all I can do is be here and listen and, and, and like, you tell me what you need from me, not I'm mm -hmm. going to defend. And like, why is this upsetting you? You know, cause we want to solve problems. And this is also a very masculine feminine as we go down some of these rabbit holes. But I, I just have to say again, um, that, that just whatever click for me was one of the biggest game changers in not just my marriage, but in, in general, in my ego, my relationships. And, um, I'm trying to figure out how to apply it better to, business and move you and these podcasts and things like that um, yeah yeah but you know what that being said there's reason for it man there's reason for it and and again there's a part of all of us that go man i i don't i shouldn't be this way because it, this way would make me much more but this is the way it is man and and the, the the more we fight against that the more the ego has something to fight against mm -hmm. like imagine mm -hmm. we just let things be for a little while and then right. there's a voice that comes up that goes man this there's no way that this will work this is terrible this is never going to work out remember that time we did this and the blah 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 right. and if you realize that if you're just present there is no reference of the past there is no future there's just now and if you're saying well this isn't work you're still not there you you will be you will know when you are there because there will be no words to describe where you're at and that is i think where a lot of the self-help self-improvement uh mindfulness world comes uh, to a, a block because you're describing something that once you describe it is no longer the thing i know that mm. sounds really really it's, weird it's a moving target <laughs> Exactly. Sort of. So, so the, the the best way to describe it is, I think, quantum mechanics. It's like mm. it's it's it's. So there's an electron, and you go, okay, this is where the electron is. Okay, so it's there. It's like, no, it can't be there because you're there. So, wait a the, second. No, no, no. It's, it, the it's space just balls. It's, you remember the it, space ball scene? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But when will then be here? <laughs> yeah. When will then be now? <laughs> they're, they're watching the for anyone who hasn't seen it. They're watching the live video. He's like, is this happening now? And they're looking back in the camera as it's happening, and then. Nope, yes. you just missed it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's the thing that we uh, kind of addressed earlier is that if you think you're there, you can't be because you mm -hmm. you're you're aware that you're there. It's it it, it 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 so so this is basically the way I see it is you can tell what it's not, you can't tell what it is. So <laughs> like you can peel back all these things that are the, the false you and and yeah. away from where you want to be. And what eventually it strips down to being is it, and that's now, and that's being present. And you'll know because you'll talk to people and you'll hear them, and there'll there'll be no need to think. It's just a a, a quick reaction, not yeah. in the sense of like, oh, I have to say something. It's oh, this is flowing through me, and we all touch on this in different areas of our lives, mm -hmm. and some are more successful than others, but it is there. It's 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 open to us, and you know if if. If I can touch that, 
than anybody can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> a lot, a lot to unpack. I mean, that's a great place to, I think, leave it off. I want to be respectful of your time and and uh, and all that. And actually, yeah, again, the that book awareness um, is something that. You, it sounds like you either, you know, somehow read in another part of your existence <laughs> or parallel, you know, universe or whatever, because there's a lot there that um, I think it's trying to send that same kind of message. Uh, so there's, yeah, I would, it's a quick, easy read for anyone interested. Um, I, I, I might have to send you a copy or something. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, or, or I can, I, or I can go to my local big bookstore and go grab to your one. local bookstore. Yeah. Um, let's, let's wrap it off there. Let's put on the audio slave to uh, awesome, man finish telling people where they can find you uh so if you're in south florida or in the palm beach county uh, i do at-home personal training uh flockfitness.com just fill out a form we can get you set up there uh flock fitness and all of the socials uh so youtube instagram facebook all that kind of stuff and uh yeah um i i, I appreciate bo for having me on this podcast it's uh fun and uh, i had a great time man um, yeah, no, thank you again for being on here. Uh, again, uh, I, I'll definitely have the open invite anytime you want to come back on. Oh, and I man, hope we can you. do seven more episodes in the next few weeks, but I don't want to take up all your time. Uh, but yes, so we'll sign off, guys. Go listen to Audio Slave. Uh, you won't regret it. Uh, again, I was saying, I think I said it before we went live, it's one of my go to workout soundtracks uh so i definitely recommend that and uh it's sound garden sound garden meets rage against the machine how can li you go literally it's not, that's not a description it's actually the people who came together but yeah if you like any of that stuff if you're not familiar with audio slave by now uh definitely go go check that out but yeah guys uh get one percent better don't forget to like share subscribe all that good stuff um and yeah we hoped uh, uh this this was a fun one for sure and i'm um, looking forward to going back and listening to this and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. See ya.